Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. This is Elaine from Impact ADHD, your online resource for parenting complex kids. And I am so psyched to welcome my colleague and friend, or I should say friend and colleague, John Wilson, to join us today. John, I'm so glad you're here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. So happy. So everyone, I want you to meet John Wilson. John is the executive director of SOAR, which is a nonprofit school and adventure camp that is just masterful at serving our kids, kids who are diagnosed with learning disabilities, ADHD, and I suspect a number of other issues. He's the past president of the Learning Disabilities Association of North Carolina. He served on the National Board of CHAD. I got the opportunity to serve with him in that capacity. It was great. Um, He's led hundreds of adventure courses for kids. He is a masterful trainer of both kids and adults and is a regular speaker actively presenting to parents and professionals at all kinds of conferences. And he's also a really avid, avid kayaker. Whitewater canoeist. Whitewater canoeist. There you go. And a really amazing resource. So thrilled that he's here today. He's been a guest expert for us several times. And today we're going to talk about um, self-management and parent management and how we manage ourselves so that we can manage our kids with these complex issues. The topic is how do I manage them, me, and my ADHD. John, welcome. Let's let's chat. All right. So how do you want to start? Well, I'm going to start by, you know, sharing uh, kind of, let me paint a picture for you. You get home from, from work, your kids, you walk in the house, the house is a wreck. Your kids have not done any of the things that you expected them to do. Your spouse is late and there's just chaos. The dogs haven't been fed. There's, you know, there's, there's dog mess in the living room. Folks are walking over rather than kind of handling or taking care of it. And you just want to be anywhere else but that place right in that moment. Yeah, I can't imagine what you're talking about. <laughs> how, do you, how do you handle that? And so right. the, the first thing I'm going to say is last summer I was in the British Virgin Islands with a group of students. And as I am often prone to do, I will ask kids, hey, if you had one piece of advice for me as a parent, what would it be? And this young lady stepped up and she said, I've got a piece of advice for you. When you come home and you walk in the door and you get hit with everything that hasn't been done, and your son or your daughter haven't done the things that you want to do, and the first thing you want to do is jump right on them, resist that urge. Because when you walk in the door, 
you want them to think, oh, dad's home instead of, oh no, dad's home. <sighs> it absolutely blew my mind because yeah. I give that courtesy to my staff. I give that, that courtesy to my friends. The only, I give that courtesy to my wife. The only people in my life that I was not giving that courtesy to was my kids. I'd walk in, why isn't the kitchen clean? How come the dogs aren't fed? Why are you on the computer? Is your homework done? You know, right. Parking orders. Right. And so my piece of advice is take a deep breath right before you walk in the door and commit to yourself that that first interaction you're going to have is going to be positive. And then, you know, that's a wonderful old advice. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah. So, you know, you prioritize, you triage. But the very first thing, the very first priority really is making sure that you continue to make the relationship that you have yeah. with your son or your daughter the priority, not the thing that didn't or needs to happen. So, so many things are coming up as you're saying this. And, you know, we, we teach a concept called tone of the home. We do a lot of workshops around just this issue of how do you create the tone in your home that you really want your kids to look back on in 20 years and remember. Yeah, right. absolutely. And this is just a super, super tool that you're talking about for doing that is to stop and pause before you step in Yeah. so that you can stay connected. It's critical to me. Since I'm now, you know, rather than when I walk in, my son cringes, you know, I'm going to get a, hey, how was school? How you doing, buddy? You know, and we check in and it has made a world of difference. And it's simply because I stopped and I asked another kid, hey, what do you think? Mm. What a great piece of advice she gave me that day. Yeah. Yeah. I got a great piece of advice from my, from my niece once similar to that. You want to hear it? She said, you know, Antelaine, all kids really want to hear from their parents is I'm sorry. And all parents really want to hear from their kids is thank you. <laughs> well, there certainly is some truth to that. I, I, you know, when I talk to parents and even when I train our summer staff, uh, it's important that they understand what kids see as their job description. Right? Mm -hmm. And their job description is one, do as little as possible. <laughs> Two. Wait, are we talking about the staff or the kids here? So the kids, in their job description, there's really only three things. Right. Do as little as possible, have as much fun as possible, and not get embarrassed. Yeah. And so that's where their priorities are. And so, you know, understanding who I'm really dealing with sometimes really helps me, you know, kind of make a, make a step forward. But now... Let's move back. So we've walked into the, we've walked into chaos. All right. Right. Well, part we've of, taken a breath. We've calmed down. Part of being able to manage chaos is know that you're going to walk into chaos. Right? Yes. So, Setting expectations appropriately. That's right. And so you know, and here's the astonishing thing. All right. And this is the piece that that is just so critical. With just five to ten minutes of effort from everybody, it's all better. It doesn't take five minutes. But to get things straightened up, to clean up the dog mess, to get the cushions on the couch ready, and to make sure the dogs get fed. And now you can go about your day. And so what, what we've done at the Wilson household is, you know, we call it a Wilson family cleanup. And our kids know that there's the serious deep clean, and then there's the five-minute clean. And, you know, it's made, a, it's made a real difference. And everybody kind of takes a breath and... You know, it just—it's just good. It's absolutely good. So here, I, I have to laugh because we have—we do the same thing in my house. We call it mise en place, which is a, a word for everything in its place. And so when I get to the point, because it's usually me that says, "Okay, I've, the clutter has reached a point where I need—I need some help here." I call mise en place, and everybody sort of stops, and we give it five or ten minutes, nothing more, and everybody just 
everybody's just busy for five minutes putting stuff away. And it's hugely helpful. So the other thing that I want to talk about is when I ask, and, and again, it's often moms who are my audience. Right. What do you do to make sure that you're taking care of you? Do you know what almost always they say? What? A glass of wine. Ooh. Okay. You know, and that's just to kind of relax, to come down. But the truth is, think about the things that really absolutely regenerate and rejuvenate and, and bring vigor back to your spirit. Right. Sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's just a chance to maybe sit outside and read for a minute. Sometimes some folks really appreciate journaling. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's talking to a friend. You know, calling a friend, talking to a friend. But yeah. knowing what those things are that absolutely kind of get you grounded and centered again are really critical. And it's something that we forget to do for ourselves. It's kind of like that. And, you know, the other, the other thing is there are two pieces that are critical to being the most effective version of yourself that we are in very short supply of. Okay. One is sleep. Yeah. And, and the other is making sure that, you know, we're not hungry. And that, you know, when you come home, is that witching hour? And so for folks that seem to have a lot of tension during that time frame, you know, eat a protein bar right before, you know, about 20 minutes where you walk in the house and, and you're not going to have the hangries. Mm -hmm. Commercial, you're not you when you're angry. Right. So knowing just a couple things, making sure that as a, as a human being, you're getting enough rest, which is something that I'm really, really heavy on right now, because I, I know just how, how significantly it deteriorates the, the version of yourself when you don't get enough sleep, mm -hmm. making sure that you're fed, making sure that you're putting yourself, your, your needs first. If there's, a, there's an old adage about rescue. You know, when, when I teach for water rescue, I teach... Uh, lifeguarding classes, I teach rescue. And one of the things that we teach in rescue is when you're coming into a situation, you've got a victim, who's the most important person in that scenario? And most parents will tell you them. Yeah. And it's not, no, by them, by meaning their kids, right? It's you. You yeah. are the most important person. And, and so if you survey the scene and you look around and you're not making sure, okay, do I have everything I need? Am I Am I in a place that I can take care of the situation? And you try and handle those things when you're already at your wit's end, they, they unravel on you. And so, so, John, one of the things I hear a lot of parents out there at this moment, hearing you saying this and going, but I, but I don't have time. That's right. I, right. And, you know, and it's something that I, I've heard my wife say, I, I don't have time. Let's break that down. And again, I'm going to do what is a man thing, and I'm going to rationalize how I can find <laughs> you some time. <laughs> okay. How much time does it take to make sure that you've got a, you know, some, something to eat in your, on the way home, uh, some sort of, you know, protein bar or, or snack bar or something so that when you walk in that door, you're okay. How many seconds does it take for you to, as you walk in the door, to take a deep breath and say, okay, no matter what I find when I open this door, I'm going to love on my kids and I'm going to spend the next five minutes being the kind of, you know, setting the tone that, that you talked about. All right. Those things don't take time. All right. And then there's a cubby tells this wonderful story about this man who's, you know, chopping down a tree with a saw. And he's like, you know, God, it seems like it's really taking a long time. And the guy says, yeah, yeah, it is. The, 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 uh, the saw is dull. And then cubby says, well, why don't you sharpen the saw? And the guy says, I don't have time. Time. Right. So when you make the time, you become a more effective version of yourself, thus saving you the time. Mm -hmm. And that's infallible. The challenge is that I get so caught up in all the junk that gets heaped on me. And in a lot of homes, unfairly onto one person, right? Yeah. You know, and so 
you have to be just so critically focused on making sure you're doing those little things that, that give you a break to take care of you because you become a whole lot less effective and everything takes much longer when you are not the best version of yourself. And I'll give you one more example of something that you can do. Again, it only takes a few minutes and that's some deep breathing exercises, you know, some, some body relaxation techniques, some visual imagery. You know, for me, when I'm in the weeds, I close my eyes, I scrunch my toes, I calm down, I focus on my breathing, and I'm in a hammock on a little island in Belize, swinging with the breezes coming in, watching the clouds, hearing the waves, and I only have to be there for two minutes, and I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. So visualization can be an incredibly wonderful resource for, for folks when they're kind of at their wit's end. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking the scrunching toes in there, too. That really got me because my toes just went into the sand when you said that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember years ago coming back from a vacation and saying to my husband, why is it we only sit on hammocks on vacation? I want hammocks since we actually brought hammocks into our home so that we would have spaces in our home where we could sort of feel that sensation of going back to those vacation places. But, but what I hear you saying really clearly is to take the space to breathe and calm ourselves consciously, intentionally. Yeah. Uh, and not just, I should calm down, but take that moment or two to do it. There's a tremendous amount of research right now on mindfulness and being mindful yeah. and mindful activities. And it, it dawned on me, you mentioned earlier that, that I'm an avid canoeist. And in doing that, that really is a very mindful activity. I am mm -hmm. in the moment, feeling what the water's giving me, you know, just working on my technique. And I'm not thinking about whether or not my son's on the computer or finishing his homework. You know, I'm not thinking about the huge pile of laundry that hasn't been done that needs to be done. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about what is coming up before me, very what's the very next thing, and how am I going to maximize my opportunity to engage with that, with that wave, with that, with that rock, with that whatever it is that I'm going to play with. Well, and you know, when you're canoeing, you may spend hours on the river. But what I also hear you saying is that, that we can have little glimpses of that. We can have moments of that in literally just a minute or two that can shift our approach to everything. Uh, attitude affects your altitude. Attitude affects altitude. I love it. So that is actually, that's a good segue time for us to stop and, and let people find out more about you and your organization and how to, how to find you. SOAR is a camp, a school. We even have a gap year program for youth specifically with learning and attention challenges and young adults. Uh, you can find us at S-O-A-R-N-C, as in North Carolina, dot O-R-G, uh, soarnc.org. And we have a host of programs going on throughout the year. We even do a Christmas in the Florida Keys, a, a winter trip, if, when you need a little break uh, in between uh, fall and spring. Yeah, for, for your kids. I'm sorry, folks. It's not for adults. Not <laughs> for adults. is I, I, Once a year, I host a, a parent, a family seminar that's always full. It always fills, you know, uh, in, um, in, uh, in the fall, and it's late spring. It's on Mother's Day weekend. And mother after mother said it's the greatest Mother's Day gift they've ever given themselves. Oh, I love that. It's a great And it's such a beautiful location. So gorgeous. So soarnc.org um, to find out more about John and about the, the fabulous resources that they, they offer. And SOAR is, a, is an organization that many, many members in our community use year-round in different capacities. So highly encourage you to check them out. 
Um, so we have a, a few minutes left, very few. How do we want to sort of wrap this conversation up? You're really talking to, to parents about managing ourselves and our, our energy in a lot of ways so that we can be more effective at managing our kids. All right. So then, you know, of course, the next step is what helps your kids move to that place? Mm. What rejuvenates your kids? Because very often their go-to is some type of electronic some type of, you know, computer or watching YouTube videos or doing Snapchat. And so, you know, recognizing that those things take up time and they're time fillers, but they're not the things that actually provide a restorative approach. Uh, and so, you know, finding ways to play as a family. Mm. I love family date night. I love the idea that my kids always complain when I say, okay, hey, we're going to go for a short hike. And then we get out there and they always say, why don't we do this more often? Right. Right. And so... You know, so making some commitments to enjoy time as a family can be just really, really remarkable and fun. And so, but recognizing what are the things that help your kids really restore their spirit, you know, and, and, and very often it's quality time with you. And yeah. so, you know, never underestimate the power of a walk and talk with one of your kids. Hmm. Walk and talk. Well, you know, it's interesting as, as you say that what jumps out at me is that a lot of parents hear, what do my kids need to restore from? Their job is just to play right? But it really helps to remember that, that as we're going through this sort of busy chaos of our daily lives, so are our kids. And navigating playground politics is every bit as difficult for them as office cooler politics are for us, that's, right? That's so true. And, you know, and if you've got two kids, don't underestimate the power of just having a chance to have a conversation with one of them. Yes. You know, they're siblings because, you know, it, it's a remarkable way to kind of get to know each other. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we, my wife and I have done a really nice job of encouraging and, and developing individual relationships with each of our kids. And then again, I guess the final thing, and this really could be its own, uh, this own podcast, but it's all about the culture you establish in your home. And mm -hmm. so my kids don't fight with each other. They, they have, sometimes they have disagreements, but for the most part, they don't fight. And one of the reasons they don't fight with each other is that every time a fuss began, we talked about, we played the My Favorite Thing About You game. And so mm. as we were growing up as a family, we spent much more time talking about what we liked about each other and what we appreciated about each other than talking about what we didn't like and what, what irritated us. And that has paid dividend upon dividend upon dividend. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. That I, I often laugh that my kids are like puppies. They wrestle with each other, right? They roll all over each other, but they don't fight very often. Um, and there's, there's something about creating a culture of, of a team that we are. You re referenced yourself earlier. This is the Wilson cleanup, right? Wilson. Like we're the TKs. And there's something about seeing us as a unit that a team, not against the world, but that sort of together in the world, when we can foster that sense of who are we as a family, it really gives them a sense of belonging. It gives all of us a sense of belonging. You know, and I think sometimes what families forget how important it is to figure out what the culture you want your family to be is. And that yeah. it's an energy and time to, to reflecting on that as a family and then having some of those conversations. And the power in doing so is so remarkable because anytime, any anytime you're a valued stakeholder in a process, it matters more to you. Yeah. Well, and, and I know we're, we're at time, but I want to share that I, this is an exercise I did with my husband long ago, decades ago, um, is we sat down and said, what do we want the kids to look back on their childhood and remember? 
And we each wrote out what are the three things we want them to remember doing with their family. And it really did a, a whole lot to help us as parents, as the key stakeholders, right, create the environment that had them being able to look back and remember cooking with their dad or hiking with mom or with all of us or whatever it was. So I love that, that space. And I, I want to close with this then. Yeah. Stuff is noise. Belongings are noise. And so if you're going to invest, invest in memories. I love that. What a beautiful way to close. John, thank you for being here. Our guest has been John Wilson with SOAR from North Carolina. You can find him again at soarnc.org. John, thank you for being here. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you for checking in, listening, taking care of yourselves, taking care of your kids, making a difference in the world in all the ways that you do. Uh, you can find out more resources from us at impactadhd.com, and we will talk to you next time. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.